If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. And uh, we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. But but prior to that, I want to read a couple of notes that I I received. And we've been talking about the spirit of generosity. And last week we talked about being stewards over God's truth. Because we said that generosity goes far beyond monetary resources and about giving money. It's about uh, giving our whole life to Christ. And what, what God desires is us to, to be fully engaged. You know, I, when I go to Firehouse, how many of y'all know they got a sandwich called the hook and the ladder? Any of y'all ever eat the hook and the ladder from Firehouse? Uh, when I went to Firehouse, they, they'll ask you, do you want it fully engaged? Y'all know what that means? I texted Monica the other day. She said, I didn't know what that meant, Pastor. You said fully engaged. That means you want all the stuff on there, lettuce, tomato, mustard. Yeah, all of it that comes on there. That's the little special sauce they put on there. Fully engaged. And what God, just like that sandwich, when it's fully engaged to me, it's real, real, real good. God wants us fully engaged in the ministry. Can I get a witness? He don't want you part-time. He don't want you just kind of halfway nonchalant. He wants you fully engaged in his walk. But let me read a couple of letters to you. Uh, Sidor, hope you and your family are doing well. Thank you for your continued investment in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. This summer, we saw 2,685 students uh, in FCA camps, and 263 made a decision for Christ. (laughs) Praise God. Now, again, I told you I'm a product of FCA. Uh, When I was playing ball at Louisiana Tech, that was the stabilizing force that kept me on track when I was away at school. Uh, and so we, we support that effort. But, but uh, I also got another letter. It says, Pastor Adams, thank you so much for continuing to share your gift of ministry beyond the walls of Elizabeth Baptist Church. I am I'm a grateful listener of the EBC podcast. Uh, the enclosed gifts in no way match the level of my appreciation for the messages I receive. They are simply a tangible way to say thank you sincerely. And it's one of our people who listen to our podcast. Uh, and again, without you supporting the work of ministry, without us being able to have that and, and to get that put together, you know, it, it wouldn't be what it is. I mean, we wouldn't have got those kind of res- let us know response. Here's another one for you. It says, thanks so much for the generous support that you gave us. Grateful for you and EBC and your commitment to missions here in Shreveport. Blessings. And that's from Pastor Matt Tyson from 318 Church. Uh, again, they're doing that hard work, that outreach work in those areas where you have those, those out on the margins, those that are, that are, that are just, just one step below just being obliterated. But 318 Church, which we support and which we'll be going there on a regular basis to, to, to help undergird the ministry in the area in downtown Shreve for, for the homeless, those who walk in the street, those who are doing some things that, that, are, that are caught up, but they have a place to go to hear the word of God and to be loved on. Last one I'm going to read to you. Uh, it says, the royal banquet was truly the main event for all of us. Not only were our campers treated royally and shown how valuable they are, but our adults said it made them feel more like a royal family. It was so beautiful. Every detail was perfect. And the food was the best our campers had all week. Again, we've sponsored that as EBC. And, and, and Sister Shonda Doty and, and her group uh, uh, served those kids who were in the foster care system 
uh, they take them uh, once a year to this camp and just love on them, show them love and support them. Uh, and we, are, we, are, we participate in doing that. It says, and the food was the best our campus had all week. How many of y'all know when EBC brings some food, it's got to be good? Yeah. Come on. I can't tell you. When the football team at Benton High School, which we feed on an annual basis, all the players, and I, get, I run into parents all the time, so they can't wait till EBC week. <laughs> they don't get no Subway sandwich. They don't get no McDonald's. They get some food. It says this, I know several members of your church worked tirelessly for months and it was so evident god bless you all your love has impacted 25 foster children for eternity and that's the royal family kids camp so what i want to tell you is that it's it's so critically important that we as a ministry continue to do the outreach efforts to be able to support those uh, ways of, uh, of ministering to uh children and adults alike because we are about making disciples can i get a witness now get to the text in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 1. Boy, I'm excited to see all y'all here in this place today. And thank God for those who are viewing uh, via live stream. The text says this. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Who's talking here, guys? The Apostle Paul. Who is he talking to? Timothy, his young son in the ministry, his protege, the one who he poured into, the one who he discipled, he's writing this letter to encourage this young, shy pastor. He says, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Teach these truths to who? To who? To to, to who? To other trustworthy people. My question to you today is how trustworthy are you? Or can God trust you to pass on what has been placed inside of you, spiritually speaking? Paul told him, he says, he says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Now, guys, when we start this series several weeks ago, uh, the thing I want you to don't miss this is the fact that we, we I want you to understand that God owns everything, including us. My Bible tells me that we of all who are born again, believers have been bought with the price. The blood was shed on Calvary to purchase us from a from a, from a destiny of eternal hell. So we've been bought with the price. And the Bible says, therefore, glorify God in your bodies and your spirit, which belong to God. So we, we, we belong to God. Everybody say, I, I belong to God. The fact that God owns everything and we're his stewards is a blessed truth. But the deeper issue that we're trying to get to with this series and the deeper issue that God is trying to get to with us is the issue of trust. It's a relational issue. God never saved us just for us to come and sit and, 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 and just to wait to go to heaven. God saved us for us to trust him and to follow his lead in being disciple makers. Everybody say disciple makers. So it, it's, it's a relational issue. It, it requires that a steward be found trustworthy. God has entrusted to us everything we have for a reason. Why? So we, if I say so I, so we can partner with him to accomplish his purpose 
And so we can demonstrate where our true priorities lie. Let me say this right quick. What you do speaks a whole lot louder than what you say. Can I say it again? What you do speaks a whole lot louder than what you say. Love is a what? Action word. Let me say it again. Love is an action word. Sharon, you don't want to hear Eric just talking about I love you, I love you, I love you, but Eric ain't doing nothing for you, for you, for you. <laughs> That's my little brother. I, I, can, I can mess with him like that. He, we cool. But Sharon wants to see that love in action, brother E. Can I get a witness? Love in action. And, 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 and guys, he, it's about trusting that what he says it's, it's good for us. That's why Jesus called, uh, talked uh, uh, about uh, 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 servanthood and stewardship so often because he realized what, what he wanted to do is get us to the point where we trust God completely and dearly. It's, it's about trust. So this whole thing about generosity is about trust because, again, it goes beyond just money and, and financial resources. Now, again, we, we started, we left out, we, st- we told you on last week, we began to talk about this, this piece of it, uh, stewardship over God's truth. Stewardship over God's truth. We have a mandate from God to be good stewards over the truth, to be faithful to the truth of the gospel and not only be faithful to the truth of the gospel, but take that gospel and begin to to use it to help transform lives, to help disciple people. Uh, I told you on last week that, uh, number one, discipleship without reproduction is not biblical discipleship. Discipleship without reproduction is not biblical discipleship. In other words, you're sitting here getting fat on the word, hearing gospel truths, understanding what God's word says about certain issues, understanding what God's word says about hospitality, but you won't be hospitable to nobody. That's just one area. Sitting here, hearing what the word of God says about marriage and how a husband should love his wife unconditionally, but you treat your wife like she's your servant. Sit here understanding and hear what the word of God says about how a wife should reverence her husband, but you're sitting there disrespecting him all the day long. Sitting here, hear what the word of God says about giving and supporting the work of ministry, but you're stingy and won't give but point 0.5, 0.5% of your... Did not realize that... <laughs> That, that survey after survey tells that, 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 that the vast majority of Christian believers who profess faith in Christ Jesus are not consistent supporters of the work of ministry. See, God, when God has you, he has everything that belongs to you. Can I get one husband out here to say, well, whatever, my, whatever I have belongs to my wife. I need, I need some more husbands out there talking to me. Can I get a witness? The guys, so, 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 what am I saying? Discipleship without reproduction is not biblical discipleship. In other words, when you're hearing what I'm saying about discipleship and you hear me talking and preaching it and sharing with you and walking through the scripture, but you don't make up in your mind to get engaged and get prepared to be a disciple maker, then you don't really trust what God is saying. I know what you say with your mouth, but you, you know, love is an action word. Huh? 
Love is an action word. Show me that you love me. I need Mararia Nikitris Kirk Adams to show me that she loves me. And she needs me to do the very same thing. God loves us so much, it's unconditional love. The, the beauty of God's love is it's, a, it's called agape love. There's different kinds of love. We've given you this before. There's several Greek words for love. You understand what kind of love God is talking about. It's agape love. It's unconditional love. Unconditional love is not predicated on what the other person does. Man, we're so, we so flaky sometimes when it comes to loving people because we, we, we let our love for them be conditioned on how they respond and how they act. If they're acting crazy, we ain't loving them no more. We're not loving them anymore. Can I be grammatically correct? So, so, so discipleship without reproduction is not biblical discipleship. Number two, we said you will reproduce what was introduced to you. So Paul told Timothy, he says, the thing that you heard me teach you, you, you pass these truths on to other faithful men who will be able to deposit into other folks' lives. And third, we left off here at this point, abide in the power of Christ. Abide in the power of Christ. Just before giving Timothy this exhortation to replicate his faith, Paul mentioned two people by name I shared with you on last week who did not remain faithful to the mission that was entrusted to them. Let's go back there and look at them real quickly, okay? Uh, everybody said they were hard-headed. hard-headed. Say it again, say they were hard-headed. hard-headed. <laughs> Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and look at verses 13 through 15 with him right quick. Hallelujah. Spirit of generosity, talking about being stewards of God's truth. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verses 13 through 15 says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learn from me. Paul is writing to what? Who? Timothy. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Next verse says this, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. All right, now, can, can I start right here and just kind of bring some clarity to what he's saying here? Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. What, what, what does it mean by that? The thing that you've been taught theologically and doctrinally through the Holy Scripture, you need to guard that. The Bible says, I think it was in, 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 uh, uh, in, in the book of Titus, it talks about contending for the faith. See, the culture and the world is trying to redefine truth. The culture has told you that if you are a, 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 a male and you feel like you're a female, it's okay to go and get a treatment to try to bring female-type qualities to your body. I know I get in trouble for saying this in some circles, but I got to preach the truth. The world has told you that it's okay for you to be separate based off of ethnicity. Because that's where I'm comfortable. That's what the world has told you. 
And some have negated the truth, have failed to guard the truth because they get pressure from family members and others and they, they just kowtow to what everybody else is saying. I told you a long time ago, uh, I, the, the time that I got left, and I don't know how long I have left. Are y'all with me? Oh, Lord Jesus. I, I literally don't know how long I have left to pour into you. But while I am here, I'm going to pour into you. And I trust that you will guard that truth and pour into others. That note. I don't know why that hit so hard there. Watch this, watch this. Through the power to the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you guys there's so many churches that, that have failed that there's, a, there's a denomination right now United Methodist Church is now splitting in part because there's some people who are not guarding the truth they're, they're, they're breaking up because of, uh, of, of what it means, what God's definition of, of, of marriage is and what it means to, uh, as it relates to sexuality. And so the whole denomination is decided to split because some says, you know, we, the culture says this. And so we, we need to, you know, we show love. Love. Listen, I can love you and, and, and still speak truth to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> Let me get through here, y'all. Okay. Watch the text. Next verse is what? It says, as you know, everyone... From the province of Asia has deserted me, even for jealous and homogenous. Okay, I think I'm saying that right. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. Paul's in jail while he's writing this. Paul is so focused. Man, I tell you, Paul is my, he's one of my biblical heroes because regardless of what he was going through, regardless of what was happening to him, his, he kept his focus on protecting gospel truth and promoting it and preaching it. Now, now, so, so we saw those two cats who, 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 who vacated the truth and, and went against Paul. Paul warns Timothy to persevere. Not by his own strength, but he must depend on the grace that Christ Jesus provides to accomplish this task. Timothy must realize there is an unending supply of grace that flows from the crucified, risen Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I don't know about anybody else up in here, but I'm so glad that God is, 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 is grace and his mercies are renewed every day. Because I've been on, I, listen, I would have been on wore some of y'all out. You would have said, you said, mercy, no, 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 I ain't got no more mercy for you. But I thank God that he doesn't give up on us. Some of y'all, think about you, where you are right now. Had God given up on you 15 years ago when you were in your mess? Had God given up on you when you were saved and then stepped out and committed adultery, but God brought you back in, he forgave you, restored your marriage. Aren't you glad he didn't throw you away? And I I would, I would imagine that all of us have got countless stories where we, we thank God for the grace and the mercy of God for not giving up on us when we were less than what we should have been. He, 
Paul is telling, telling Timothy, Timothy, you're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to make disciples, okay? And without depend, listen to me carefully, without depending on the Holy Spirit, we, we actually run the risk of turning out like those two cats who, who veered from the faith and abandoned the faith and abandoned the race that they started. I want to tell you something. Living the Christian life without relying on God's grace is frustrating. It's an author by the name of Tim LaFleur. He says something I think bears repeating. He says, the Christian life is either easy or impossible. Listen to this. The Christian life is either easy or impossible. It's impossible if you try to do it in your own strength. Okay? It becomes easier as you allow Christ to work in and through. Everybody say in and through. See, we were never designed... We were never left here to live this Christian life in our own strength. Are y'all with me? We were never left here to live this Christian life in our own strength. God, Christ Jesus wants to work through us by way of the Holy Spirit who, who can fill us, amen, with power from on high. Okay? So God wants to work through us. Everybody say, through me. I am, Paul said it this way. I love what he says. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I think it's Galatians 2 and 20. Y'all check me out. Nevertheless, I live. Not I, but Christ lives what in me in the life that I live by faith in the Son of God. I love, I live, I, the life that I not live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul, Paul says, I, I don't live this life in my own strength, in my own intellect, in my own power. Because that, 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 that would just, you, you would get wore out real quick. You get burnt out real quick trying to do it on your own. The grace of God sustains us both when we think we have everything under control and when we feel like we have no control. Have you ever been in one of those states where you're like, God, God, you got to help me. Lord, I don't, I just don't know how I'm going to make it through this. Anybody ever been there before? And all of us in our life, if, we, if we're honest about it, uh, if, if, we, if we're not ashamed to tell the truth, we've had those periods of time where we say, God, I don't understand. Lord, I don't understand why... I'm in this position and I don't understand why this came to my door. Are y'all with me? But in the midst of that, we got to still learn how to trust him. And all of us have been there, but it's, and it's okay to ask God those kind of questions. I, I've told you before, it's okay to ask God questions, but just don't question God. And there's a difference. I can ask him, Lord, I don't, I, Lord, I don't understand why you brought this crazy person in my life. But Lord, you know, but, but, but they're here, God. And so teach me how to minister and share with them. Teach me how to disciple them. God, they, they really, if you really want to know the truth, God, they're getting on my last nerve. <laughs> but Lord, they keep coming up. And Lord, I, I know what you told me, but I just, God, you're going to have to help me. We all have situations that we go through that sometimes we just, we, we don't understand it. Uh, you know, we say, you say this on by and by when the morning comes. And all the saints, we will tell the story, how we made it over, and we'll understand it better by and by. Some stuff we're not going to understand. And if God told us the whole story, it would blow our minds anyhow. I told y'all before, <laughs> I want y'all, on this side, I want y'all to look over there on this side. And y'all, vice versa, look at them. Now, I want to see the hands of everybody when you were 20 years old 
if God had told you at 20 years of age that you would be sitting at a church in Benton, Louisiana, being pastored by a guy by the name of Doyle R. Adams Sr. Uh, in the year 2022, how many of y'all would have thought God had lost his mind? Yeah. Some of y'all would some some of y'all, how many New Orleans folks we have in here? We got a New Orleans folks? There we go. We got some New Orleans folks. Uh, how, many, how many South Carolina folks? We got some South Carolina folks in here, right? How many we got some Texas folks in here? Any Texas people in here? How many North Carolina folks we got in here? There's some North Carolina folks we have in here. How, how, many, how many were born in another state besides Louisiana? Look, look at all y'all. Y'all were born in another state besides Louisiana. Some of you grew up in another state besides Louisiana. But yet and still you're here in Benton, Louisiana. If God had told you that, showed you that, you would have you like... Some of y'all, if God had showed you, this is the person I'm going to connect you to. I'm going to take you to this church where this fellow who used to play ball over losing a tech and now used to be a banker and now he's pastoring a church. I'm going to sit you up under that leadership. You were like, mm, I don't know about that, brother, brother God. So you, 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 you've gotten so, 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 uh, prideful. You're going to call him brother God. No, 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 no. Some things we don't understand until we look back over it. Somebody once said, you understand life looking, looking back. I like what R.A. Vernon said. Again, I, I use it all the time. He says, I want my hindsight to be my children's foresight. Can I get a witness? Because see, hindsight is what? 2020. I can look back and see the decision I should have made. And now I hope my children can listen to my hindsight it helps them with their foresight so they can make good decisions in life and good choices. Oh, I got to keep moving. Now watch, watch this. Uh, you know, Paul is saying what I, what I taught you, you can be proven by the testimony of other people. Men like Barnabas, men like Silas, men like John, men like, like Mark, men like Luke could, could vouch for him. And so, so not only did Timothy hear the things Paul taught him, he obeyed them. The phrase, what you have heard from me, sums up both Paul's instructions and Timothy's action. You know, uh, hearing in the biblical sense is more than just listening. Uh, there's, there's a Hebrew word called shema, uh, uh, which means to hear. And uh, uh, we have an English word that's likened to, it's called hearken, which means to hear and to do. Are y'all with me? And, and again, that, that Hebrew word shema is always, always paired with an action, particularly in the Old Testament. Look at some examples for me. If you will, go to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, and look at verse number one. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse number one. And while you're going there, have you ever had your, some of y'all, I'm going to take you back to your childhood. Have you ever had your parents tell you to do something, but you kept on playing, doing whatever you were doing? Anybody? I need to see some hands of somebody who kept playing when mama said, come in and do this. And then they come back and ask you, did you hear me? Well, you heard them loud and clear the first time, but you weren't acting on what they said. Now, some parents, you had one chance. Some of y'all had one chance. And when they came back and said, did you hear me? It was too late. 
listen to me carefully. God desires for us to be hearers and doers of the word of God. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Hearing or hearkening implies absorbing the information and obeying it. Look at what the text says here. And now Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I have, that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors is giving you. He's prepping them for the land of Canaan, the promised land. But he says this, I need you to listen carefully to the decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live. Now listen, as your pastor, when I'm sharing biblical truth for you, truths to you, my expectation, I'm telling you as, my, as your pastor, here's my expectation of everyone who's a member of this church. If you're not a member here, you're just visiting, okay, cool. But the members of this church, the expectation is that you would hear and do. If you're a citizen of the kingdom, can we go to Hebrews 13 right quick? Can we go to Hebrews 13? Let's, let's pop over there real quickly. I need to share this with you all because, and I want you to tell me, don't, you don't have to t- say it out loud, but I want you to, um, Hebrews 13, verse number 15. And when I get to the verse, start at verse number 15, when we get to the 17th verse, when you get to the 17th verse, here's what I need you to do. I need to check, I need you to check your heart and your emotional realm and see how you feel when we get to that verse. See what rises up on the inside of you when I, as your pastor, read this. Okay? Because that's going to tell you where you really are. Are y'all tracking with me? So check how you feel and what you think in your mind when I read this to you. Because I'm just giving you word. I'm just breaking open word and I'm not making this stuff up. Listen to what the writer of the Hebrews says. We get ready to study this book. Right? Coming up, watch what the text says. Therefore, let us what? Offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. He says what? Let us, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of what? Praise to God. So what does that tell me? My praise to God should be continual and it should be sacrificial. It is not based on how I feel. It's not based on how much money I have in my bank account. It's not based on how good my marital relationship is going. It's not based on how good things are going at work. It says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. How? How do you proclaim something? How do you proclaim something? You got to say something. How are you going to proclaim your allegiance to his name and you ain't saying anything? This is for all the people who say, well, you know, I, you know, I'm just being silent before the Lord. When I come to church, you know, Pastor, I don't want to say amen. I don't want to say hallelujah because, you know, I'm respecting God through my quietness. There's a time to be quiet and reverent. But at the time, say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. God, you are worthy, you honor you. Don't do it while I'm preaching, now understand me. There was, I was preaching one one time, and we had a visitor here, and they were, 
they were so loud, it distracted me. I mean, I, I thank God for the amen. Amen, Pastor. Oh, oh. And so I, I, I solicit your amen because what you're saying is amen means that's the truth. And I need some amen. Can I get one amen? amen. See, in, in African-American church tradition, there's something that's called call and response preaching. Well, I preach it, I teach it, and you respond. I called it out, and you respond. You said, that's true. Some of y'all came from quiet denominations where you sat reverently. Now, now when, you, when you go to a church that's quiet like that, don't be sitting around looking, well, they ain't got the spirit. See, some folks I've figured out be hollering and they ain't learning nothing. Can I get away? So, 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 so don't try to judge somebody based on their quietness or their loudness. Because I discovered that there are folks who be some of the loudest people in the church jumping and shouting, but they ain't doing none of this stuff. I'd rather you sit quiet, listen and learn and go out and do it. Am I helping anybody up in here? Therefore, let us offer through Jesus. Now, again, I'm getting to the 17th verse and I want you to check in your gut. I want you to be honest with yourself. How does that, how do I feel when that, when that, when that's, Verse is read because it's in the Bible, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Next verse, verse 16. Let's read. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. Spirit of generosity, spirit of generosity. Don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. I thank God for each one of y'all being so generous and supportive when we did the Linda Hand school uniform getaway. I, I'm proud of you guys. I, listen, I, I, was, I, I was like a peacock strutting <laughs> because you, you all, you, this church tends to respond uh, when called upon to be to help. And I, I appreciate that so dearly. Amen. We, we, we are a church that's called to support in the soul. And that's what we've been doing, okay? So I read you those letters. You know, we're sowing financially and we're sowing with our giftings. In other words, our talents, our resources. You have a spiritual gift. And remember we read uh, a couple of Sundays ago about use your spiritual gifts to serve one another. I told y'all before, some of y'all are hampering the growth of this ministry because you've got giftings you're sitting on. You won't make yourself available to, to be utilized, and you're not searching out where, how, how can I fit in to let my gifting be utilized to help advance the kingdom. And don't forget to do good and share with those in need. I got to keep moving. These are the sacrifices that please God. Next verse. Watch this. Now, now here's where I want you to check your feelings now. Because I'm getting ready to tell you something. I told you this before. As your pastor, part of our discipleship training ministry is we, we, we started doing it this way. To, like we had a summer break from our last study, The Real God. Was that, was that an awesome study or what? Yeah. All right, so you had all summer on Wednesday. Now, here's what has happened to some of y'all. Some of y'all now, we get ready to start back. And now you've gotten used to not coming on Wednesdays. Some of y'all have gotten used to not coming on Wednesday because I gave you a break from studying corporately together. Some of y'all hadn't gotten used to it because you never came in the first place. Now, I need you to check your heart now. Check your heart because I, I'm, I'm reading this because I, I want you to know I'm not making this stuff up. Discipleship training, how 
are you going to help disciple someone when you won't take the time to study the word yourself? And listen, here's the beauty of it. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to participate. You can learn a whole lot by listening to others as they share. And nobody's going to put you on the spot and make you feel embarrassed because you don't know the Greek and the Hebrew word and what, and what it meant back in Listen, come and learn the principles of God's word. As your pastor, that's my expectation. Nobody can really operate in leadership if you're not a part of the discipleship training process. I, that, that would be asinine. You know what asinine means? Yeah, crazy. It'd be crazy for me to ask you to give your tithes and offering and I as the pastor don't do it. It'd be crazy for me as a pastor to tell the husband to love your wife unconditionally when I'm, I'm treating my wife like a dog. And I know some pastors who do it. Spend all their time ministering to others and leave their wife. The, you know, I told you before, you go, to, you go to service and you can look at the wife and look at her countenance and she's sitting over like this him. And usually you can tell something's not right at home. I refuse. As I said before, all of my kids, we supported them in, in the things that they did. I'm not going to take a revival and miss my son's game on Friday night. Right, yes, sir. Well, you're not really a man of God. Yes, I am. Because my ministry starts at home first. Now, now, now listen. What I'm saying, it has to be balanced. Some people run and they, they, they spend seven days a week at the church and their, their family's going to hell in a handbasket. What I want to do is, as a pastor, our ministry schedule is not grievous. But when it's time to move, my expectation is that we would move because I, it's not grievous. We're not asking you to be up here five days a week. What I want to do is teach you and give you time to go and employ this in your life, in your family's life. All right, so, now, so watch this now, because some of y'all get ready. So, there's a feeling rising up on some of you. It's, it's, I feel it right now in my spirit. <laughs> but I want to read this to you because what I'm telling you is when you feel that way, when you feel like, well, who do you think he is? He a man just like I am. There's something in your spirit that got to get checked. Because as a citizen of the kingdom, we got to understand uh, submitting to authority. Uh-huh. Look at what he said. I didn't make this up. Watch this. What does it say? Obey Stop. Now, would you classify the pastoral position in any local church as a spiritual leader? Would you classify that as that? Would you? I I, I, I ain't the smartest guy in the world, but I ain't the dumbest either. It don't take a whole lot of wisdom to see. This says obey your spiritual leaders. And what does it say? Now, how you feeling right now? I need to know how you feeling right now. I need to know how you're feeling right now because how you're feeling right now is going to give you a check on your heart and whether or not there's pride there. How you feeling right now? Are, are you sitting there thinking, well, you know, I, I, listen, I, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I'm just reading you what the text says. Doyle Adams didn't make this up because he's the pastor. That's what the text says. Obey your spiritual law leaders and do what they Now, obviously, if they tell you to do something crazy, you don't do that. It's that which lines up with scripture. I always challenge you. I pray to God that you will go home and check me out and say, listen, I, I didn't fear right about that. I'm going to go prove him wrong. And I want you to dig in the scripture, rightly divide it, and let's come back and discuss it when you start looking at it. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Now, that being said, this is a plug, a shameless plug for you signing up for discipleship training. 
we're going to start August the 12th. Shameless plug. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't shame. I'm, I'm trying to motivate you. I'm telling you right now. Because some of y'all have been absent. How can you disciple others if you're not willing to be disciple yourself? Some of y'all playing church. Can I say the way you said? Some, some, some of y'all are playing like you really love the Lord, but you really don't love him. See, ladies, let me tell y'all something. Y'all may already know this. Y'all, y'all, y'all got, I think God gives y'all an, an intuition. You can really tell when a man is really into you, can't you? <laughs> can I come to this side over here? Ladies, you can really tell when a man is into you, can't you? Look at Brenda Brenda. Yeah. When cutting down the in it, you know. When a man is really into you, he finds a way to be around you. He'll make up an excuse. Oh, I left my pen in your office. <laughs> you what? Do you have some more? No, that's a special pen. <laughs> Just make up stuff to be around you. If I'm lying, I'm dying. You can tell when you're really into someone. And God can tell when we're really into him. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. So again, when we talk about studying together so we can disciple, so we can have solid doctrinal foundational truth so that we can build upon that and we can be disciple makers. I, it's hard for me to disciple someone uh, in earnest when I'm not learning myself. Now, again, as I told you last week, it can start with you just telling your story. Everybody has a story about what the Lord has done for them, how he saved them, right? Delivered you. See, tell your story. Nobody knows like you know what the Lord has done for you. And can't nobody take that truth away. I don't care what they say. You know how the Lord regulates your crazy mind. You know how the Lord stopped you from whoremonging. You know how the Lord stopped you from being a grievous and, and prideful person. You know how the Lord stopped you from being stingy. Brought you out of the club. Brought you out of the casino. Brought you out of any number of places. And who, who better to tell it than you? You don't have to be a theologian to say, listen, I once was here and now I'm here. And the difference between me and being there and there is Jesus. Yeah. Bible can't about take that away from you. You know what the Lord has done for you. Obey your spiritual leaders. Now, again, are you still checking your spirit? How you feeling right now? Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work, here's, their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. They was, that would certainly not be for your benefit. Okay? So, accept uh, the principles of Christ. Go to Deuteronomy 5 and 1 with them right quick. I jumped off. That was a little rabbit trail there, but that rabbit trail was necessary because I'm trying to promote and to help you to get, understand it's important for us to get connected and study together and develop small groups. Uh, we, had a, we had an awesome time at the Bridging the Gap Fellowship at the stage at Silver Star on this past Thursday. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you what I appreciated about it most is that just the, 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 the earnest and frank conversation that was had during our table talk time. And, bro, Jeff, I want to 
thank you, man, for bringing a group of people that he's been helping disciple, and they came to be a part of the Bridging the Gap Fellowship. I told you guys, the Bible is true. The Word of God is true. And I don't know about anybody else up here, but like I said, I don't know how much time I got left, but I'm going to do what God told me to do with the most firmness, vigorness, vitality that I can possibly do. Okay? I got to do what the Lord called me to do. Preach important to you, and I'm going to try to encourage you to do what the Lord is, is telling you to do through the Holy Scriptures. But we had an awesome time sharing and just, you know, praise and worship, but, but even the talk and the discussion about how do we begin to show the unity that Jesus prayed about. I, I, I felt, I, I listened to, uh, where's, is this the Pam here today, Pam Simmons? Pam's son, uh, Chris. Uh, I listened to his message he did about unity, and it, it, it moved me. So he, he, I showed it on, our last, on, on last Wednesday. Some of y'all ain't been watching Wednesday in the Word, have you? I, I, I played his message on our Wednesday in the Word broadcast because it was so, uh, it was so rich and so deep. And it hit to the heart of what Jesus was praying about. The reason why the world is all jacked up and messed up because the church, in a lot of cases, is jacked up and messed up. And my, my challenge to you is to stop complaining about how bad it is and what people aren't doing and be a part of the solution rather than part of the problem. All you do is complain about what they ain't going to do. My question to you is, what are you going to do? Let me tell you something. No law put on the books by man will ever change the heart of a person. But Jesus can. That's why Jesus came, because the law was ineffective in perfecting man. So you can, you can put every civil rights law in the book you can want to. If a person's heart ain't changed, they're still going to hate you. But if you get their heart right with Jesus, if you challenge believers to stand up in faith and do what they are called to do, speak truth, be a guardian of the truth, and not complicitly sitting idly by silent or complaining, then when the church starts standing in that posture, you'll begin to see transformation in the church and ultimately transformation in the world. That's what I'm after. I'm not, I'm not going to try to, to convince some Ku Klux Klan racist to come meet with me. I want to talk to the believer who has association with that person, and when that believer who has association with that person is transformed, then they start ministering to him. I'm not, I'm not going to go and try to convince some black Hebrew Israelite who's preaching hatred. Hello. To, 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 to train. I want to I I reach the heart of the person who's associated with them so they can go in and talk to them about what the love of Christ is all about because God is never about hate. If you're starting from a position of hate, you ain't got the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob living on the inside of you. All right. Everybody say, preach, preacher. Okay, thank you. I'm going to keep on going then. Watch what Deuteronomy 5 and 1 says. Watch this, guys. Can we read together? Moses called all the people of Israel together and said, listen carefully, Israel. Hear the decrees and regulations I'm giving you today so you may what? Stop. Did it stop there? Is that a period to learn them? There's a conjunctive word, and, and the and, con- it connects conjunction, junction, what's your function, hooking up phrases. Come on, jailhouse. Is it jailhouse rock? Schoolhouse. Oh, not jailhouse rock. That's the Elvis Presley. <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry. I, I get carried away, Dan. Schoolhouse rock. Conjunction hooks up phrases that you may learn them and do what? Learn them. 
Here's my fear, guys. Listen to my heart. Here's my fear as your pastor. I sense that some have gotten to the point to where they can see what the word of God says and they pick and choose what they will obey. If it's, if it's, if it's uncomfortable for me, if it's not what I'm used to, then I just choose not to do it. I, pastor, I love you, but you know, I just ain't there yet. Well, you ought to be on your way there. I can, I can live with somebody say, Pastor, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to understand. But I can't live with somebody who, who sees, sees it appropriately exegeted in the text, see what the word of God, you don't make, listen, ain't no way you can confuse, obey your spiritual leaders. How are you going to confuse that? And I told you, it's obey them in the things of God. I'm preaching Bible. So if, if, you, if you are up under the spiritual leadership, then you have an obligation to obey the spiritual leadership. As long as they ain't telling you nothing crazy, something, nothing against the will of God. But what I'm afraid of is the pastor, some of y'all have gotten used to my voice. And you hear me, but you don't hear me. It's kind of the child out in the yard playing. They hear the mama say, boy, come in, it's time to take a bath. But they keep on playing. They keep on playing. And what will end up happening is if that parent is really parenting right, they're going to they're bring another level of, 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 of direction that involves discipline. Because no parent who loves their child is going to let them go wayward and just keep going that way. Because ultimately, they'll embarrass you in public. I don't want you to have to come get them out of jail. I want, I want, I want to deal with them now. Some of y'all don't call me now. Some of y'all won't engage your children in, in, in our real for Christ and our youth stuff. And, 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 but then when, when they get in trouble now, you want the church to write a letter. You want me? I, I can't tell them because I've gotten for, for character reference of folks who got in trouble. Now listen, if, if I know you and you made a, a, a bad decision, a bad choice, I'm going to step to the table and say, listen, listen, I, that's not that person's normal character. But I can't do that if I don't even know you and you don't ever come and be engaged and involved. Moses called all the people of Israel together and said, listen carefully. Israel, hear the decrees and regulations I am giving you today so you may learn them and do what? Obey them. So, next thing. Uh, so we, we, we got to accept the principles of Christ. That's hearing and obeying. Hearkening. Next one, invest in the people of Christ. Go back to 2 Timothy 2 and 2. Invest in the people of Christ. What Paul wants Timothy to do is simple. What you have heard from me, commit and entrust to faithful men. Entrust is an, is, 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 is a, is an imperative. Another word for an imperative is a command. Entrust, it, it, he wants them to entrust it to faithful men. It means to place before someone. It's like setting a feast upon a table. It means to trust someone with something for safekeeping. We've been entrusted with safekeeping the gospel truth. The most remarkable thing about the gospel is that we guard it by giving it away. Think about that. We guard the gospel truth by giving it away. We protect the investment of those who have entrusted it to us by passing it along to others who will do the same. When was the last time you shared your testimony with anybody? Safeguarding the gospel is not storing it away by hiding it in a bank. We must replicate it to the next generation. The gospel came to you because it was headed to someone else. Now listen to me carefully. When someone invests a year or two in your life or a decade or in some of y'all cases, three decades or four decades, they've invested in your life. You can't ever really repay them. 
Are y'all with me? Their investment is life changing. But you can do something to demonstrate your gratitude by paying that investment forward. By taking what you learn and deposit it into others' lives. Uh, Leroy Eames, in his book, The Lost Art of Disciple Making, and I'm going to close on this, in The Lost Art of Disciple Making, tells the story of a pastor who called him in utter frustration. The young man said, my church is growing, seeing many people saved, I'm baptizing more people than ever before, and we're increasing in number. However, he said, I need someone who can do more than take take sermons to the sick and shut in and pray after the service and who can take up an offering, who can manage a business meeting, who can manage finances, who can teach uh, Sunday school. He, he says, as, as good as those things are, I need people who will lead people to Christ, disciple them into maturity and replicate that process. Are y'all listening to me? And I'm saying it to you as, as your pastor. As your pastor, I need more than you just to be a faithful attender, a supporter in the, in the work of ministry, sign up for the class. Now, that's great. But really what I'm really after is, is you being able to, to take what you learn, pull someone else alongside you, pour into them, get them strengthened so they're out of the baby stage and being a spiritual baby. And now they can go out and reach somebody else. The replication process. Jesus said, go and make. Can I get a witness? The greatest problem we face today in the church is the vast amount of undiscipled disciples. Undiscipled disciples. We stop that what you heard from me and have entrusted to faithful men who be able to teach others also. For so many years, we may just get in a decision, the primary thing. We clap. When somebody come and respond to the altar call, we give the preacher the hand and they accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and we clap, we glad, and then the next day, the next week, we're going to put you to work somewhere. No, they're not ready to go to work. They need to be disciple. Quit plugging baby Christians into places that they're not equipped to be plugged into and messing things up, messing them up also. Because they don't know how to deal with you when, you're, when, you, when, you, when you had a bad day. Because when, you, when you're a mature saint, you don't wig out when somebody maybe talked rough to you or did something that, that, uh, that, 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 that wasn't becoming of a saint. You don't run and take your Bible and go home when you're mature. When you're immature, you get your feet hurt and you go home. I ain't going back to church. Ain't nobody right. Well, wait a minute. It's not that's the place you said that the Lord told you to go. So because you ran into somebody who was, who was less than Christian-like, then now you're going to take your Bible and go home. We got to mature. Jesus didn't go say make converse. He said go make what? And there's a big difference. Everybody said big difference. Now, I'm going to stop here. And God's truth, I'll pick back up on next week. Can we all let me do that? Because this is, this is so important. This, 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 this goes to the crux and the heart of why we exist as a ministry. And I'll tell you, most churches are not doing this at the level that is needed in order for spiritual growth to take place. And about listen, as your pastor, I need some mature saints. I need some mature saints who are not uh, finicky, where their feelings on their shoulders, um, not willing to meet people who 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 maybe don't, you know, who, who maybe a little bit different than you. I mean, maybe they, they don't dress like you. Maybe they, 
they're, they're not where you, where you are right now at this stage of your life. Are you willing to reach down and, and bring somebody along with you? The problem that many Christians have is they only want people around them to just like them. And, and we can't advance and disciple people when we only pull people close to us who are just like us. They're already fixed up. We want them already fixed up. They talk right. They walk right. They eat right. They go to the right places. No, you need some folks who still got some edginess in them. You need some folks who still got, got a little drink in them. You need some folks who still got, got, you know, got a little fight and a little gangster in them. Like I told you, well, you, God can use you to help transform them. But you can't do that if you're not being a disciple yourself. Okay? Now listen, Jesus gave his life so that you and I could be in this position to become disciple makers. Now go back to that Hebrews 13 and 17. How did you feel when your pastor says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say? What came up in your spirit? Only you know that. And I'm here to tell you, I got enough spiritual discernment to know that that many of you sitting there had the mindset of I'm my own person. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. Now you didn't say it in those terms, but that's, that's what you felt. And what I'm going to ask you to do is deal with that feeling. Take that feeling to the Lord in prayer because that's a dangerous feeling. You're, you're a citizen of the kingdom first and foremost. The kingdom is different than democracy where you can do what you want to do. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. He gave his life so that we could enter the kingdom of God to be disciplined ones who are following along with the word of God and helping disciple others. Shed his blood out on camera. Died a sacrificial death so that you and I could be in the position today to where we could help others. But we can't help others if we're not positioning ourselves to be helped by, helped ourselves. Now, every head bowed, everybody close. Father, we thank you and praise you.